Hello and welcome to episode three of the Velocity podcast. Once again, the inbox and the overwhelm that we've received from the first two was something quite ridiculous. We really weren't expecting this sort of attention, were we, Dave? No, I've had to um, actually get a um, someone to stand outside the house, like a security guard, because <laughs> the paps have been crazy. Yeah, mate, it's been it's been ace. No, to be fair, it's um, obviously we we like to have a bit of a laugh with this, but um, it has been really um, enjoyable for us to uh, to start this podcast, largely because we just get a chance to pull the curtains back kind of relax. It's not like a heavy coaching thing, which we do a lot of, but more just kind of chat about what we're learning, what we're observing um, as we kind of build velocity together. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it is. It's a really good opportunity for us to reflect. And we always tell everybody on our program, they should be doing that weekly. We send out messages weekly to make sure they do it. So I guess this is our little therapy as well to, uh, to look back on our week and see how we've done. I am just going to mention something a bit off topic, which tickled me. Uh, mm. And I wanted to make sure I mentioned it today. We've just started TikTok accounts, haven't we, Dave? <laughs> yeah, I, think I know where you're going with this. We got our, Dave got his first ever um, TikTok comment, which yes. um, I was very interested to see what it said. Clicked on there and it said something along the lines of, all right, calm down, Steven Gerrard or something like that. <laughs> I don't know where that came from because I have no uh, essence of any Liverpudlian accent. I don't look like him and I wasn't talking about football or anything in any way connected to Stephen Gerrard. Well, I think if I'm honest, as soon as he said it, I saw it. And there's a little bit of Stephen Gerrard in your face, in your, no way. in your hair and whatnot. Yeah. And I was I was absolutely gone at that comment. I thought that's, you know, put all this effort in, <laughs> this amazing content and you get, all right, Stephen Gerrard on the comments. Fantastic. Yeah, that's why we love social media. Oh, yeah, we do. The, yeah. Good fun. <laughs> what did you get up to this weekend, mate? So this weekend it was Easter. Um, so yeah, went to see went to see some family. Um, saw the grandparents. My um, my nan lives on Glastonbury Festival, which is awesome. So um, it's a really nice day. Went walking around. Went and saw the pyramid stage. It's really surreal because you go there in the festival time and there's two hundred thousand people turning it into a quagmire. Um, you go there when it's not the festival in this quiet little village with this massive stage in the middle of it. And it's really surreal. Um, so, yeah, we took the kids around there um, and then off for an Easter egg, egg hunt with the kids on Sunday, um, which we did around this little wood. So, yeah, it's very sort of like back to nature kind of style weekend. Very relaxed, very chilled, um, very enjoyable. How about you, buddy? Very nice. Um, yeah, more more baby prep for me. We're Nat's at uh, 37 weeks now. Um, so we're kind of at that, um, you know, people say to you, oh, how long until she's due? Like, I'm going to throw, this isn't a fact for today, but I'm going to throw this in there, that only 4% of babies come on their due date. Double facts coming at you at Velocity Podcast. I mean, if anyone listens to this podcast on a regular basis, the level of knowledge and just like useless information they're going to come away with, I think is pretty special. It is. Say that again, 4%. Only 4% of babies arrive on the actual due date that the parents, that the mother's given. Okay. Yeah. So you're like, you're open book now, right? Anytime. Yeah, it's basically open book now because 37 weeks apparently is what they call full term. So the baby's done its like its fundamental growth and, and development in the womb. And now it's like basically four weeks. I think 41 is as far as the UK let um, pregnant women go uh, before they say, right, baby's got to come now. 
Um, so yeah, but then obviously due date is almost slap bang in the middle of that, I think. It's, it's interesting how different countries have different like dates. And so France are different. They're like 40 weeks. And um, I think there's another country that's a bit sooner than us uh, or the bit, no, a bit later than us. But it's funny how everyone has their own way of looking at kind of fundamentally what is the same human being and the same process. Yeah, it should so, be. Anyway, yeah. You'd imagine it would be pretty universal, wouldn't you, really? But there we go. So you're um, you're banging out flat packs left, right and centre all weekend. Yeah, so. flat, just call me Johnny McFlatpack. I put together a wardrobe this weekend um, and having, I've already done a couple of chest of drawers and another wardrobe. So yeah, we're, we're pretty much ready. Nursery is pretty much good to go. Uh, Natalie did a great job in um, just kind of putting all the trinkets together. We've got some nice like, decor- decorative pieces. All the nappies are there, all the, all this, all the stuff. So we're, uh, yeah, I think we're pretty much ready, uh, aside from a few small details for a little Bambino to arrive. Amazing. Have you been, um, have you been educated on the world of meconium yet? Oh, yeah, I have. Yeah, I've, he- I've heard of the lovely meconium. There, there are some delights I think I've got to look forward to in the, in, in the upcoming weeks, shall we say. Yeah, I'm looking, looking forward to hearing all about it. It's gonna oh, be- yeah, I bet, I bet you are. Yeah. But no, um, so yeah, did a bit of a um, bit more prep at home and then um, off to see um, my dad uh, and family later on for a bit of an Easter Monday lunch, which would be nice. Beautiful. Sounds good. Sounds good. Um, okay, so let's do the thing that we do where we semi-educate our listeners. Yeah, um, only semi. Only semi. So uh, last week, we, as usual, we had our main kind of educational piece for all of the coaches that work with us in our Velocity Mentorship Programme. Um, do you want to tell us about it, Dave? The title is as sexy as ever. Yes, indeed. It was the 5K per month growth plan. So uh, an introduction to this, and then we can break down some of the stuff that we talked about. What we, um, what we wanted to do was, um, actually, let me introduce it. And then also the first kind of key lesson in it, because I think it's a, it, there's something really important in it that we've taken a lot from ourselves. Um, and that is, the, the whole premise of the training is how, how do we get trainers, personal trainers, to build a five grand per month business, a business yeah. that is so good that they're, they're able to market and sell it, they can deliver it, a service that's good enough to keep people paying you money for your service to, so you can kind of build yourself a good living. And we thought five grand a month was that level which people can pretty much build a life off, right? They can, five grand a month, you can buy a nice house, you can go on holidays, you can have a family, um, you can you know, do some of your own stuff, have some hobbies and have some like passions that you can that, that require some money. But that, that's kind of a, a good, a good strong level that we feel is um, worth shooting for. Right. And is, is achievable within a reasonable time frame. Um, and what we did was we kind of broke down what are the key things, the, like the skills, the lessons, the, um, the, the systems that you're going to need to go from anywhere around zero up towards five. Yeah. And it's, it's like, um, it seems to be having been in the industry for so long and spoken to so many hundreds of different personal trainers, it seems to be that the kind of 5k number is calls out to so many people as an aspirational kind of um, target for them. Doesn't it? This kind of like, if, if I, how many times have we heard in the last 15 years, if I could get to 5k, it would be incredible. So we wanted to kind of play on that a little bit and say, look, Honestly, if you do the basics and you do the basics really well and you're organized and structured, it's totally achievable. It's so achievable. Um, but then you started talking about your sausage, didn't you? And it all went. 
Yeah, yeah mate. I like to talk about my sausage from time to time. I, I feel like it's a it's, it's a fairly interesting topic. No. <laughs> so here, here was the, the this was the first thing that um, we we definitely felt this. I I, I felt this. And when you start shooting towards big goals for your business, whether that's financial goals or whether it's something different, is that there's this thing where if your goal is very big um, and you can't quite deconstruct it, you can't quite imagine how would I possibly get there. The metaphor is like standing at the base of Mount Everest, looking up at this huge mountain, thinking, how the fuck could I possibly climb this thing? Like it's it's uh, there are too many challenges ahead of me that I can't possibly imagine solving and, and getting, getting over. So then you just don't do anything. You don't take action. So you just kind of stay where you are and you settle for the status quo. So the idea of the sausage piece was that chorizo, as the example, this kind of like beautiful sausage, right? I love a bit of chorizo, me. Um, is that you couldn't imagine like being given a chorizo in its original form, like this massive, great big sausage. So it has a, obviously you get a knife, it's had a, a, a bit of a kit that chops this um, chorizo up into really thin slices. That's what you get in the charcuterie boards and the packs that you buy chorizo, or even the chopped up stuff that goes in, say, a paella. And, and that, that very simple idea of chopping things up makes it digestible. Like all of a sudden I can eat it now and I can, I can cook with it and I can actually eat it raw. Um, whereas same thing with a goal, like unless you break down your goal into small chunks that are digestible, you can't actually do anything with it. And that was the, the initial premise. That was the initial goal um, or the initial like lesson that we wanted to teach around these things. Because as soon as you break it down into kind of its, its individual parts, you realize how many clients you need when you know how much they're going to be paying you and then what you need to get a client, all of a sudden you're like, yeah, I can do that. That seems cool. Yeah. hundred percent. You've got to, you've got to do that with everything in life. Like you've, you've got to chop it up like David's sausage. Otherwise you're going to, you're going to struggle like this. How we, we all tell our clients that they need to do that. Hopefully you guys are doing that for things in your own personal life, but we seem to see a bit of a gap when it comes to people wanting to build their businesses and they just think, you know, I need to get to this point. I need to get to this point. I need to do all of these things. And they just get caught up in it. And yeah, chopping it up into those more digestible parts and really breaking it down is such a, such an important thing to do. And certainly something that you, if you don't do that, 5k a month, probably not going to happen. Yeah, no, totally true. So then we went on and we spoke about the five ones, didn't we? The five ones is game changing stuff. Again, very simple to understand but to have the discipline to implement it, to follow it through, that's what we want to help our coaches do. And something that we can kind of uh, give you a little bit of an overview on now, which is effectively, if you take on too many things again, if you try to have too many products, too many ways of bringing, bringing people into your business, too many ways to sell to people, you target yourself to too many different things and you set up a pre and postnatal and then you also at the same time you have a boot camp and at the same time you run online but at the same time as online you have a two-to-one program which is face-to-face and you also have a, a bespoke um, prehab class that you run on a Wednesday at 7 a.m you dilute yourself so much that you you're good at nothing you become a jack of all trades and a master of none and to make 5k a month we need some mastery we need you to become somebody that's really well known for doing a certain thing for a certain type of person really bloody well. And that's what the five ones is all about. We also talk at the end of the five ones about the time frame. You know, you need to be prepared to really give something a go in order to make it work. If you do something for 
a month and it hasn't worked yet, does that mean it's not right for you? Does that mean that it isn't going to work or you're in the wrong gym or the or people don't want it? Not necessarily. You need to be prepared to see something out. And that's what the five ones is all about. Yeah, there's a couple of things that I find really fascinating on this. And it's something I've thought a lot about in the last few years, personally, that um, we as humans, we're not very good at, at sort of comprehending how long six to 12 months really is. Uh, we think mostly, as person, certainly as personal trainers, we think in terms of today and this week. We're looking at a, a week, to di- week to view diary all the time, aren't we? Like Monday to Sunday, time stacking our week and organizing things. And, and I think that because we think in terms of short term, we don't, um, we think, oh, I've got to get it all done. And, I, and we don't often say, I'm going, to, I'm going to work on this one thing and focus on this one strand of my business, or I'm going to work on this one channel. Um, and then when I've, I've mastered that, or when I've got that to a really good level, I'll work on something else. So we don't line things up linearly. We think, oh, I've just got to try and do it all now. So, so many times we get in conversations and we hear people talking about all the stuff they're trying to do. And they're just, they're not doing, like, just like you said, they're not doing many of that stuff very well. They're doing a lot of stuff okay. But really, you're going to make some much bigger progress when you pick one thing that's the right thing for you. Do it really fucking well. And then you can add stuff on later. And that's been, that's kind of one of the big um, kind of mindset hacks for just our progression and our, our personal progression in business as well over the, over the last few years, I would say that we've really understood that concept better. better. Yeah, I was literally just going to say that. Mm-hmm. Like the reason we're super passionate about this particular thing is that we've done it ourselves. I think probably most people have. You've had to sometimes have to learn the hard way before you realize that you're just treading water. You're making progress, but it's so slow and it's so painful. And actually, the secret, ironically, is doing less. Mm. Do let do, you know? Do less of um, do less of the of, of the variety, so that you can put more time into the things that really matter. You know, one of our one of our velocity mindset principles is on what's going to make the boat go faster. And I'm sure you'll hear us talk about that a lot. And it's like, what's the one thing that you can do right now that's going to get your business? Let's say you're a personal trainer listening to this and you're making a thousand pounds a month. And your real goal right now is you want to deliver a great service and you want to get yourself to three thousand pounds per month. So why are you fucking around on Instagram? when you've got 6,000 gym members in your pure gym that you work in who are all crying out for your help. Like these are the kind of things that we see PTs doing. They're spending far too long putting together content of their latest workout and making sure the music's right and the lighting's right. And they're not going out and talking to people. They're not starting conversations. They don't understand how to turn a conversation into something more meaningful. So someone wants to actually speak to you about how you can help them. And this is what we mean. What's the one thing that you could do right now that's going to get that £1,000 a month business and give it the ability to get to a £3,000 a month one? And if you just do that one thing and you give it everything, full beans, then you're going to get there so much quicker than trying to tick too many boxes. Yeah, there's, um, there's a thing where, again, in the brain, I reckon there's a bit of a, a bias, I think they call it, which is, in order to, if I'm not making the progress that I feel I should be making or that I, I know I'm I know I'm capable of, if I add more stuff, like I need more things, I need more skills, more tools, more, 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 then, then I'll, I'll somehow be able to get there. Whereas in many 
situations, you actually need to look at what you're already doing and remove stuff. So that, as, as we've said, you can actually put more energy and attention towards the stuff that you've already got in front of you. And that I think that sh should be quite reassuring because we, we've definitely seen that before ourselves where if, if we just stop trying to do so much stuff and we just pick up the one or two things that can really make a difference and, as you say, make the boat go faster, you can, you can progress and make a lot more progress more quickly. So some, I think they call it progress through subtraction, where you, it's the biases are add more stuff when actually look at what you're already doing, take some stuff out, at least temporarily, like defer it till later. Um, and you, and you, the answer might be staring you in the face. 100%. Yeah, that's it. I mean, and these, all of these things that we spoke about for the 5k growth plan, obviously we coach everybody on the, all of the intricate parts that are needed to do this. Um, but it's those key understandings and principles that really help. And then the final thing that we mentioned, there was a list of things that we went through to help people get to that 5K month. Uh, and we know that people are going to take this away and really be able to utilize it. But the five thing we, the final thing we spoke about was um, one of the original things you and me spoke about, Dave, when we first set up Velocity. When we first sat down and said, right, what's the problem here? Why are there so many qualified personal trainers that are failing in their first year of business? What is the problem? And we discussed the two hats principle. And it came up in the 5K growth plan when we were discussing what do we need to do to get people to 5K? This very original idea um, that we discussed, however many years ago it was, came out and ended up in our uh, in our workshop. So that was really interesting. Should we just, uh, should we touch on that for anybody that doesn't know about the two hats principle? Yeah. I don't know whether the whole hat thing came in because it's just a metaphor, <laughs> but there wasn't actually a story behind the hat, but like the, the idea was, um, uh, I mean, I'm wearing a cap right now, but uh, a typical, uh, let's say a lot of PTs wear caps, right? Um, and so when you're a PT, you put the cap on, and you, you, you walk into your gym, your facility, your studio, or you're outside with someone, you're training them. And you're in that mindset of a personal trainer who's designed them a program, who's going to work them hard, who's going to teach them and educate them on how to, how to move well, how to eat well, how to live well. And, and they're going to coach them. They're going to give them feedback. They're going to give them praise, maybe a bit of, a bit of uh, you know, educational um, uh, coaching from time to time. And all that technical stuff that we, that, that toolbox of technical knowledge that we, we build and we're building all the time. That's the, that's the personal trainer hat that they that they wear. Now, when they leave the facility, maybe they go back home to their, their desk, their study, their laptop in a coffee shop, wherever you take that cap off and you put a different hat on. And this hat would represent the business owner. And they, they would see things in a very different way. They would no longer think in terms of programming and the body and anatomy and physiology and, and, and the like. They would actually now look at their what they're doing, their, their work week through the lens of marketing and sales and administration and finance and accounting. And they would ask questions, they would do work in those subject areas in order to make the business more successful. You see things in numbers and charts and graphs and progression and, and strategy and tactics and not, you know, bicep femoris and macronutrients and so on and the thing is you need both hats you can't have one without the other if you're going to really be successful as a trainer and build a great career and this was the this was the the kind of if i pass back to you on this the the fundamental problem was that most people are only really wearing the one one of the hats yeah that's it and i think it, some of it is because it's because of our industry it's very particular i think to our service industry and personal trainers because we are super passionate 
about health and fitness and helping people, but people get too lost and absorbed in that. And so they can't actually run a business that allows them to keep doing it. Um, and so you can help pe more people by running a successful business because it means you can continue to keep helping people. Hmm. You're, you, there's only so far you can go if you don't have a business behind you because you can't pay your bills and you can't you know, go on holiday or you can't you know, raise a family, have a security, all of those things. So you've got to have both, as Dave said. And I think some industries, it's kind of taken care for you. Like I always use the analogy of a clothes shop. If you, if you want to set up a clothes shop, you don't spend all of your time deliberating on what T-shirts and trousers you're going to sell. You choose them and you get them and you put them on the shelf. But then the rest of your time is focused on how do I get people into the store? What should we price it at? What promotions should we run? Right, we need to hire some people to be on the, on the shop floor. We need to check in with our accountant to make sure that we can open up the other store in six months' time. You know, all of those decisions become the, the majority of the decisions you make day to day. Well, personal training, your actual service of personal training is your product. That's your T-shirt or your trousers. So, yes, it needs to be good or people won't buy it. But you also need to know how to manage it and run it. And so I think if you paint that picture, it's easier to understand what you should be spending half of your time at least doing if you're going to make this thing work. So yeah, think of your personal training services as your product. And then everything else that you do is how you actually turn it into a business and make it work for you. So yeah, that was what we covered. It was really interesting. Again, another uh, workshop that we know a lot of people are going to continuously go to when they hit that maybe two, three K a month, K a month mark, and they want to get that next level up. So to um, to finish, I think we need to keep the the crowds happy, David. I mean, we've got to have it. We've got to, it's got to be done. Day in, day out. When are you going to give us our next fact? We yeah, we need, we need more info. We need more knowledge. Quick. Give me a fact. Jesus Christ. Um, so here we go. Uh, let's give them our, our facts for this week. I'm going to kick it off. Week one, I started with a cow fact. Yes. So I've found another one. Oh, here we go. And I, I, if I can make a theme, I will. So we'll stick with the cow not that impressive just something that i was surprised you know when you sort of read something and you raise your eyebrows and you're a bit like oh okay yeah, it, was, no, it no. was one of those oh i didn't know that yeah, so yeah. i'm going to ask you this as a question first oh, here we go how many stomachs does a cow have now if i think through this logically it's not going to be one because that would probably be the world's worst fact because that's what you would you might think so i'm going to say two right okay well, clearly, you're wrong. Um, Obviously. Well, I was always taught as a kid growing up, maybe this is because I was from the countryside. <laughs> you were, uh, yeah. Special you were cows more, in Somerset. Yeah, you were more from uh, concrete land. Um, I was always told that cows had four stomachs, right? right. That, was my, that was my belief growing up. When in truth, they have one stomach that has four compartments. Oh, now there's the, there's the small, small print. There you go. See, so yeah, anybody else out there who has been brought up on that falsity that a cow has four stomachs, I'm here to tell you, you are incorrect. It's one, but there's four compartments. So tune in, tune in next week for yet another cow fact from Craig the Cow Rimmer. <laughs> okay, what have you got that can trump a cow's stomach? Well, yeah, it's... Well, it is a fact, I guess, but I, I went down a different path this week. I've started to rewatch Peaky Blinders because um, the, the sixth season came out recently on iPlayer. 
uh, and on BBC. And I I had watched it. I'd love the season, but there been there's been like eighteen months, two years between each season. And I'd forgotten almost everything that had happened. So I thought, you know what? I'm going to go back to the start because I, I, I can barely remember anything. And I'm going to watch it again because I remember loving it so much. And I have been, I'm now up to the end of season three. So I'm about halfway through. And um, so the guy, basically the, the, the couple of little things to it. One is the fact is that Stephen Knight, the guy who created it, was the co-creator of Who Wants to Be a Millionaire. So wow. random, random fact. Uh, it, like the original show that started off back in the 80s with, I think, was it Stephen Tarrant that started it? Uh, Chris Tarrant started it, I can't remember. But he, he co-created it. And I find it really interesting because this, like, you know, when you look, think of things like Lord of the Rings uh, with Tolkien and you think about um, Harry Potter um, and uh, her name escapes me now, which is terrible. J.K. Rowling. J.K. Rowling. And they, I find it absolutely fascinating how they can take this little story that they make, in their, make up in their head and they can extrapolate and build out this whole world, this long story arc and all these characters that have these backstories of what's happened to them in their fictitious world. And they might be based on something like the Peaky Blinders apparently were this, you know, this Brummie based um, gangster group um, that, that, you know, were quite infamous in the day, but they can you know, make this massive story and then you can get as a consumer you can get totally hooked by the, the characters that are made up, the, the the landscapes that are largely made up, you know, places like, you know, things like Harry Potter and Lord of the Rings, and just totally kind of take you into this other world, this escapism, but create characters that you can really connect to. And so, you know, watching, not that I, I, I feel like I'm some kind of head of a brummy gangster like Tommy Shelby, but I think there are, there are traits and characteristics that you can pick apart in people um, and aspire to or to kind of connect with in some level. You're so, yeah. very you are very gangster I oh I, I think if you, <laughs> if you looked at me you would you would see that immediately Definitely. but anyway so there's a minor fact in there but also an observation about what i'm enjoying with enjoying uh in peaky blindness at the moment yeah good for you to uh go into those other worlds as well and uh, again another another vouch for escapism right there yeah. all right guys that is uh that is us for today i hope you've enjoyed episode three of the velocity podcast as always if, um, if you want to find out more of what lies in between our ears, other than random facts about cows, then um, feel free to, to reach out to us, ask us a question, send us a message on Instagram. Uh, and yeah, we would happily talk to you and speak to you about what you might need to do to get your business, whether it's to 5K months, 3K months, 10K months, wherever your focus lies right now. Um, reach out, have a chat with us. Um, if nothing else, I can give you another cow fact off air. All right, guys, thank you very much for watching and we will speak to you very soon. See you guys.